like I said, I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. Um, as we've been talking about, my, my hope is that what you'll see in this last part of Ephesians is that you can be who God has called you to be. And that God has given you what you need to do those things. Some of us have lived an up and down spiritual life. Our stability has never quite been there. And maybe even now, today, you look at your life and you think, I know I'm not what I, I could have been. I know I'm not doing fully what God has called me to do. I just I, I feel like there's something lacking there. And one of the ideas that I've presented to you, that Paul has presented to you in Ephesians, is that, that maybe the thing that you're missing, the reason why you're struggling, is because you've ignored the spiritual battle that you're, that you're in. There's a spiritual battle. Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And so there's a a spiritual battle that's being waged against you. Whether you're willing to acknowledge that or not, there's a spiritual battle going on. And and maybe the reason why you've struggled through life is because you've ignored that spiritual battle. And so that's what we've been talking about. the, the, The art of spiritual war. And Paul goes from talking about the fact that this is a battle to talking about the fact that we're battling... In God's strength, that's the way to make it happen. And so God is saying, or Paul is saying that you've got all the strength of God. And that's how we're supposed to wage this war. But then he gets down to the nitty gritty where he goes through what we, we've called the armor of God. Because Paul has, has taken these elements that, that we're supposed to focus on in, in this spiritual warfare. And he's kind of focused in on using this illustration of armor. Since he was talking about war, he used armor. The last main part of the armor that we're going to talk about today is, comes from Ephesians 6.17. And it says this, And take the helmet of salvation, we talked about last week, and then he says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now my first thought when I read this Monday was, Okay, of all the pieces of armor that you would not want to go onto the battlefield without, would it not be the sword? I mean, I can see a guy saying, I think I can survive without the breastplate, or I think I might make it without the helmet, or I think I can make it without the... I mean, all these things are important. The shield, really important. But you're not going to win any kind of victories unless you have a weapon. The sword, of all things, I think, rises up as one of the most important elements of this spiritual armor. And Paul says, the sword of the Spirit, and he says, which is the Word of God. Now, this isn't the only time that the Word of God is talked about like a sword. Some of you may even recognize this passage, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And if you've ever picked up the word of God and you've been reading through it and, and, and something just pierced you, then you know exactly what this writer's talking about. I mean, maybe it was a, a piercing of conviction. Maybe it was a piercing of encouragement. But you, you picked it up and you were reading something. And man, God, it's like God just said, boom. Right there. So you know what this author is talking about, how, how much that this, the Word of God can be that way. But as I started thinking about the, the important element of what this, this Word of God, and you may have noticed in your bulletin today, I've got some fill-in-the-blank notes, and I don't do this all the time, but I, I am slipping out of preacher mode today and into teacher mode. I didn't even wear a tie. 
Actually, I'd never wear a tie if it was up to me. I think Satan invented ties, but that's another story. Uh, so here we got the, 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 this. I'm going to give you some, some just, I, I'm just so excited to tell you these things because this comes from, what I'm going to share with you today, comes from the Word of God, but I have to say these are truths that I've learned and probably most of them the hard way. Okay? Uh, because see, the sword, this Word of God is not just, I mean, of all the other pieces of the armor as well, you don't need a lot of skill to wear a helmet. Do you? You don't need a lot of skill to put on a breastplate, right? But the sword, above all things, just having it is not enough. Using it is a good start. But being skilled is where the real battle is won, isn't it? Being skilled with this Word of God. So I'm going to give you today, I'm going to narrow it down to, because I want you to remember these things. I'm going to give you five words today. Five words to improve your sword skills. A bunch of samurai Christians going out into the world with the knowledge of the Word of God. Okay, so I want to give you five words today to improve your sword skills. The first one might be obvious. Read. Now this seems simple. But let's think about it. It's the, it's the Word of God. If you believe that it's the Word of God, I do. Are you reading it? Do you ever open it up and re- read it? I mean, even, even, if, even if you're like, I, I just don't know. Maybe somebody, I, I don't know. Maybe some of you are in here today like, I, you know, there's a lot of holy books, but man, there's nothing like this book. Nothing like this book. The Bible is... is Actually, 66 different books written by 40 different authors over a 1,500-year span of time from the oldest writings to the most recent writings in three different languages written on three different continents and yet these books share a common storyline, a common theme, A common message with no historical errors or contradictions. I challenge anybody to find any other 66 books that matches this description. You're not going to do it. There's nothing like this book that we have. Nothing like it. It blows my mind. What an amazing work of literature it is. And yet how many of us don't do the basic thing and pick it up and read it? You want to be skilled with the Word of God? This is where you need to start. Jesus himself, when being tempted by Satan, goes to the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I I can't blame him there. I fast 40 minutes, I'm hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Take matters into your own hands, Jesus. 
But he answered him, It is written. What's Jesus do? He goes to an Old Testament passage out of what we call the book of Deuteronomy. Jesus says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now think about what he's saying, though. You're not going to make it. You don't live. Mankind. Now let's think about this. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the one who created humanity. I mean, we we go back to Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. But we we find out later on in in the book of John, the very beginning, that it was actually the the person of God that was doing the actual creating was Jesus. So Jesus knows something about humans. And he quotes this passage. Man, humans, don't live just by food but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So important. You need to read. Let me give you a couple of practical pieces of advice here. Uh, First of all, let's talk about how to read. No, I'm not going to give you a reading lesson today. I'm going to work through our vowels. Uh, In fact, I know that not all of us in the room are good readers. Some of us, it's hard to pick up a book, man. It's hard to read. So when I say read the Bible, you're like, man, I've tried and it's just so hard. To... So let me give you a couple things here when, when I talk about how to read. And, and I love reading, but I still do these two things. Um, one, I read slow. I take my time when I'm reading the Bible. There's no, it's not a marathon. You're not racing anybody to see who can read the Bible the quickest. Read slow. Read, read a little bit. Most of our Bibles have little headings, right? Let's go up one of those little headings and just, just read one little part. You don't have to read a whole bunch. A lot of us, we go, we, we get to January and think, I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year. If you, if you haven't been regularly reading the Bible, that's a bad idea. Wait, did the pastor just say it's a bad idea to read through the whole Bible? Yet yeah, I, I did, but it, it, it's a bad idea to try to tackle it that way because... You start off trying to read the whole Bible, you're going you're gonna, to, real quick, you're going to get through Genesis, and you're going to be like, man, there's a lot of stories and stuff, but then all of a sudden you're like Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and you're going, oh my goodness, and it's just rules, and, and, and that's not easy to do. I don't have an easy time doing that. Okay? So, so, so maybe not there. So maybe what I should talk about next is what to read. Not just how to read, but what to read. What to read. Don't start at the beginning. If, if you haven't been reading your Bible regularly already, don't, don't start right at the beginning. Let's, we, can, we can go to those things later. Uh, let me give you a suggestion. I, I would start with the Gospel of John. It's a wonderful book. I love how John writes. And he's just talking about Jesus. This would be a great place to start. The, the next book of the Bible that we're going to go through after we're done with Ephesians is going to be the Gospel of John because I want you guys to know who is Jesus. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's amazing. So I want you guys to know who Jesus is. So this would be a great place to start. Start reading John. Uh, if you get done reading John, read, read one of Paul's letters. I'd like to suggest Ephesians or Philippians. Both great books. Philippians is very encouraging. A lot about joy. Uh, Ephesians would be a great one to read because that's what we've been in. If you've been here for a little bit, you'll, you'll read and you'll start picking up some things that we've talked about. I'd like to also, when we talk about what to read, I'd like to also talk about versions for just a moment. Um, 
lot of times people are stuck on the the, the King James version. No, nobody, there's only one person in this room right now that has a King James, a true King James version Bible. Only one. It's not you. It's me. I'm the only one that's got one. We got one right here. 1611 King James. This actually wasn't made in 1611. Uh, this is a page out of one of the original King James Bibles. Can you read that? I always think it's funny because look at the the apostle to the Hebrews. Uh, the S is like an F. I mean, the language has changed, hasn't it? None of you have a, a 1611. Here's a, if you ever want to look at one, I've got one. Uh, it's a reprint of the King James 1611. Uh, the the Bibles that you have, I think, were in the eight. If you have a King James now, it's the 1890s. They, they went through several revisions. The King James Bible did. Uh, and why why did they do that? Why did they keep updating the King James Bible? The reason why was because they wanted people to understand it. If you read the preface to the original 1611 King James, they said, we want you to understand what the Bible says. We don't want it to be in Latin. We don't want it to be in Greek or Hebrew because you don't speak those languages. We want you to understand what it says. For me, the Word of God came alive. And I got an NIV Bible. This is my NIV Bible. A little beat up. Held together with green masking tape. Don't ask me why. The tape I had. The Word of God came alive when I started reading this Bible. Um, right now I've got an ESV. It's my favorite one that I'm reading right now. I use the ESV for a lot of study. I like the ESV because it, it seeks to adhere to the original languages as much as possible. Following in the tradition of the King James translators. They're wanting that, that stick as close as possible to the original. Uh, but, but in language that makes sense to us, uh, that we can understand, because they want you to understand what the Word of God says. Uh, you can also, if you need comparisons, I also have a got the King James and the New International Version together, and the Greek, so you can look at them all at the same time. You can see what the original language, what it actually says, if you feel so bold. I think only Kate can take it up on that offer. Uh, I'd like to also suggest this. Uh, my mother-in-law suggest this to people all the time. Uh, there's a, a children's Bible, and I, I, I wish my wife was in there. I asked her what it was. It's like the, ch- the children's reader's Bible or something along those lines. And there's you can get them that don't look like a kid's Bible, but it's, it is, and, and they love it. Do you know what it's called? The Adventure Bible? Yeah. And they have some that don't look, don't have like cartoon pictures on the front. You know, it, it, why would you do that? Because you, what good does it do to sit down and, and read and have no idea what you just read. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, I'd also like to recommend this. This is called The Story. Some of you heard of The Story Bible. Uh, the Story is doesn't have the whole Bible in it. Um, and so this wouldn't be your permanent Bible that you'd want to use. But if you say, I, I want to be able to read the Bible, I want to read through it and see what it... What the Bible's talking about. Uh, this the story Bible follows along with the, the, the Bible the, the stories that are in the Bible and they, it leaves some of the, the other stuff out and focuses in on those stories and pulls them all together. Really neat thing to read, especially with kids. Uh, it's something we've started with our family. We haven't been too faithful with it lately, but uh, it's something that we've read a little bit with our family. Um, this is another thing that I I'd recommend. But the point is read it. You can even, if you got the internet, I don't know who doesn't have internet anymore, but uh, if you got the internet, you can go to esvbible.org or uh, even uh, 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 biblio.com. They have, you, you can click and listen to it. So if you say, I, I have a hard time, sometimes that's why you don't want 
survival why, why would I hear it? Especially going to the Old Testament passages, you know. Just listening to those things and hearing those things again and again. Read your Bible. I, I could spend a whole Sunday talking about the importance of that, but I'm not going to. Five words. Word one, read. Word number two. Know your Bible. Get to know your Bible. A lot of people don't know anything about the Bible. They don't understand how it works. You get to know it. Familiar, familiar, I can't even say the word. Familiarize yourself. Say it slow. With the Bible. I've got three words I'm going to give you to help you know what I mean by know the Bible. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to go fast and then I'm going to come back and talk about each one. Memorize. You don't have to write it down yet because I'll come back to it. Memorize. Meditate. And appreciate. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And appreciate it. Let me explain what each one of those means. Number one, memorize. You need to memorize portions of the Bible, little parts of the Bible. It's commanded by God. Psalm 119.11 I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, we're talking about living a stable life and doing the things that God wants us to do. Well, one of the key things that you need to do is, is putting God's word in your heart. That's, that helps you. God's word is powerful. Store it up in your heart. Know what it says. I would suggest making some 3 by 5 cards. Make some 3 by 5 cards. Put... Put a verse on it. Uh, we're, on Wednesday nights, uh, once a month, I give everybody a, a passage of Scripture to try to memorize. This, this last month, we have to quote at the end of this month, is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Uh, For by grace are you saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Great passage of Scripture. Those are good passages to have in your head. Memorize. If you're not good at memorizing, just get that little 3 by 5 card. Put it up. If you do this, put it on the sink. Right? Read it. Next, meditate. The word meditate means to, to think about. Right? Think about it. Psalm 119.15 says, I will meditate on your precepts. It's another word for, for God's words. And fix my eyes on your ways. Or how about this one? David says, Psalm 119.97, he says, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. In other words, I'm thinking about it all the time. Think about God's Word. When you read something, don't just... If, if you've read through a whole big chunk and it's, it doesn't make any sense, don't do... Sometimes, if, if you have to, pick up the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, and read one verse. Well, that's not very much. How spiritual am I going to get reading one verse a day? I, hey, if, if you read that one verse that day and you think about it, maybe write, write that one verse on a 3 by card and just have it in your pocket and everyone's going to pick it up. What did it say? Oh, yeah, that's right. What does that mean, God? Uh, help me understand this. And just go through your day thinking about God's Word. Meditate on it. Think about it. I guarantee you this is more important than anything else you've spent mental time thinking about. It's more important than any TV show. It's more important than any sporting event. And this is the Word of God. Finally, I want to say Appreciate. And what I mean by appreciate is, is recognize what, what, what it is you're actually reading. There, there's a, as I mentioned, it's 66 different books, so many, 40 different authors, over 1,500 years span of time. And this is amazing work of literature. And yet, I don't know how many people I meet all the time that they've, they've never even read the Bible. They've just heard some stuff about it, and they think they're an authority on it. Well, you know, the, that's not how the Bible teaches that. 
Have you read the Bible? Have you read the whole thing? To, how long? I mean, you could spend your whole life studying the Bible and still learn something new every day. Appreciate the, 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 the magnitude of this book that you're reading. When you sit down to it, don't simple, oversimplify anything. Don't pick one verse out and think, oh, I'm going to build everything on this one. It goes together. It's a greater picture of what God's message is for you. And the key to understanding this big picture idea of what the Bible is about is understanding who Jesus is. In fact, Jesus, after he was resurrected, he's walking along this road, uh, the, the Emmaus Road, and, and there's a couple of disciples there, and, and, and by some method that he, I have no idea how he did it, the, the disciples, they don't recognize him for some reason. And so he's walking along with them, talking with them, he starts to tell them some stuff, and, and they had all these questions, and he starts to explain things to them, and it says this, Luke 24, 27, it says, In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that means, hey, it's like saying the Old Testament. They didn't call it the Old Testament, they called it Moses and the prophets, right? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, being Jesus, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, it all points to Jesus. Jesus is the, the, the epitome of God's revelation of what God is like. That's why John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. It's calling Jesus the Word, the living Word of God. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. And this book points to that Christ, that Savior, that Messiah of people. Understand that. Don't be silly or flippant about just picking up something and, well, it's, you know. But listen to this. Peter, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, listen to what he says here. He's talking at the end of his book, 2 Peter 3, uh, verses 15 through 18. He says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks uh, in them of these matters. In other words, I've been reading some of Paul's letters. Ephesians, Romans, right, all that. Listen to what Peter says next. I love this. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. That's Peter talking about Paul's writing. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. You know, there's a reality that, that some, there's parts of the Bible that are hard to There's some things I read and I go, man, what? What does that mean? It goes back to Jesus. Listen to what Peter says next. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, knowing that some of the Bible is tough to understand and that it's easy to, to twist it around to your own destruction, knowing that reality, what's he say? You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away by the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of who? Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, if it all points to Him, the way to understand the Bible is to think about what Jesus is like. Who is Jesus? So you read something hard. This is what I, I say. You pick up the Bible and you read something hard. I'm like, oh man, this doesn't make sense. I don't get that. I'm going to go back to Jesus for a little bit. <laughs> I'm starting to understand Him. Now, I'll venture into some of these Paul's letters and try to dig into these things he's talking about. But keep in mind who Jesus is at all times. Which leads me to my next point. Learn. Not just get to know your Bible, but, but really dig in, study, learn what the Word of God is all about. Since there's a reality of falsehood, there's things that we can learn. Psalm 119 again says, Put false ways far from me, but gr- and graciously teach me your law. T. 
teach me your law. Teach me your word, Lord. Show me what it means. Tell, help me understand what it's all about. Or how about this one? Paul talking to young Timothy says this, 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. He says, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Notice there's some, a lot of interesting things in there. Paul says, you were a kid and you were learning uh, you know, about the Word of God. You're learning these things. Don't forget those things that you learned when you were a kid about the, the, the writings, the sacred writings. right? He says, don't forget those things. Remember who you learned them from as well. Uh, they're able to make you wise. They're able to make you. See, there's still more to go, Timothy. You're not, you haven't arrived yet. So he says next, all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word of God is very, very important. It's breathed out by God himself, inspired by him. I think one of the things you can do to help yourself with this learning, you can read books about the Bible. Listen to, listen to what Paul says, 2 Timothy 4.13. He says, When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Troas, also the book, and above all, the parchments. Paul wanted his books. I love that about Paul. I get that too. I'm, I'm like that. Bring my books. I want my books. Right? Paul was, Paul was a reader. How did he know all that stuff? Spirit of God was working in, but there's also acquired knowledge that he would learn and he would read and he would understand more. So read some books about the Bible. Listen to messages about the Bible. Listen to messages about the Bible. Pastors talking to you about the Word of God. This is where so many people come up short. They're trying to read the Bible, trying to understand the Bible, but you've got to understand that how God designed for you to understand the Bible is not by yourself. Do you know that? If you say all alone at home and you're trying to learn the Word of God by yourself without anybody else, I can almost guarantee you're going to go wrong. Because God has not designed the Bible to be learned that way. Listen to what he says. The, the way that he's equipped people, he says, God, and he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, God's people, right? The body of Christ, God's people. It's not about me. It's not like God has given me some special talent. But there's different people that are going to stand up in different times and be teaching you the Word of God in your life. We have things to learn from each other. God may give somebody else in this room some bit of understanding that He hasn't given to me. God may grant me a, a, a special bit of understanding that maybe, maybe He hasn't given to you. And that's why it's a, it's a community effort as we seek God together. Because God's going to grant that some people are, are going to be granted with this, this ability to explain something well so you understand it. You're going to hear it and you're going to go, okay. Oh man, I, I never thought about that before. I never really considered that. If you try to learn the Word of God on your own, you're trying to learn the, God, you're trying to learn the Word of God, but you're trying to do it your own way. God's way of learning the Word is in the community of the church. Going to, he's by his spirit. He brings his spirit out on people to, to help them explain it to you. I mean, that's what we're hoping is going to happen today. I hope that you don't think that I'm smart. 
I hope that what you're thinking is, God is going to use that dummy up in the front to present the Word of God to me. I mean, that's, our, that's what we're trusting. That's what I'm trusting. Listen to messages about the Bible. Go to Bible studies. I mean, if it's really the Word of God, why wouldn't you find other ways to, to study the Bible with other people? Maybe there's more things you can learn about it. It's an endless supply of knowledge about who this God is that created everything, that has sent a Savior to you to redeem you. Don't you want to know what He's like and what He's about? Go to Bible studies. Come to Wednesday night. You know what we do on Wednesday nights? We try to anyway. Sometimes we don't get a lot accomplished. We're kind of ridiculous on Wednesday nights here. Uh, but we try to, to what, or late, lately what we've been trying to do is, uh, we've called it digging deeper. And so we're taking, taking something from Sunday. And maybe there was a, a question along the way. There's something that maybe didn't make sense. Well, let's, let's dig a little deeper into that. Have some discussion sometimes. Right? Uh, why, why do we do that? Because we want to know what the Word of God tells us. I also like to know your questions. I, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I teach something and I think, I think that made total sense. And you might be sitting there going, I have no idea what he's talking about. I haven't got a clue. He was talking nonsense. I'm, I'm just sitting there. What is he talking? See, then you come Wednesday night and you go, alright, that thing you said didn't make any sense to me. It will not hurt my feelings. I'm a school teacher, remember? <laughs> I get that kind of stuff all the time. I don't understand anything you're saying, and I hate math. <laughs> you know? I mean, I get that too. Uh, go to Bible studies. We're, we're going to try to have a, a Tuesday night Bible study coming up uh, in the summer uh, called The Truth Project, where it won't even be me teaching. Uh, there's a guy that works with uh, Focus on the Family, and we're, we're hoping to get those videos and do the, the Truth Project this summer. But now we're, we're going to go another step now. My next word. First word, read. Right? Read it. Get to know it. Learn it. I mean, this, that's, a, that's a never ending year. You need to be a lifelong learner of the Word of God to the day you stand before Him and He reveals everything else to you that you've always wanted to know. The next thing, though, a lot of us really, really fail to do. But if you want to be good with your sword skills, you need to do this next thing. You ready for it? Teach. Well, I'm not a teacher. I didn't say you were a teacher. I mean, let's look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. He didn't call it the Great Commission, but that's the name we've nicknamed it. It's what God's mission for His people is to do. All of His people, not just some. Listen to the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What's that next word? teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our mission on this planet, God's mission for you, is not just to get the knowledge of the Word of God, but then it, to start having it come out of your mouth. Right? Not just to bring it in, but to have it coming out as well. That's God's mission for you. His mission for you is not to get a great retirement. His mission for you is not to retire early and and live on the beach collecting shells. That's not God's mission for you. That's really nice, but that is not His mission. God's mission for you is to be hearing and learning things about God and, and, and saying it. 
Whatever else you're doing, whatever job you have, whatever career you've picked for your life, all of that is support system to accomplish God's mission. Uh, That can be informally. Uh, Deuteronomy, it says, In these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. See what's happening? Here are the commands, but then they start coming out. You just talk, talk about it. I learned this. You know, this can be done in a very informal way. During praise and testimony time, you can raise your hand and say, you know, I was reading, I was reading the Bible this week and, and uh, God showed me this in, in, you know, the book of Luke and I was reading this and God revealed this to me. And you, you don't know if somebody else in the room might go, man, I was reading that. I never noticed that before. In fact, let me ask you this. If you've been in church for a while, that's probably happened to you. You've probably been sitting in church and heard a testimony or heard somebody share something from the Bible and and you go, I have never thought... Anybody want to say right now, that's happened. I've been sitting and I heard somebody say something and I thought, I've never thought that before. Yeah. It's important to take those things that God is teaching you and to then open your mouth and share what God is teaching you. As a teacher, I know how true that is. One of the best ways I can get... I'll come over and explain something to one of my students... Right, but if I got say I got a class of twenty two kids, which I do, I, I, am I going to explain everything to all of them all the time? No. And so you know what I do? Sometimes I I explain this to this one, and then uh, I, I'll start walking over here, and uh, you know somebody else will have a question, I answer this one, and then this this first student will have a question. Oh, I got a question on number you know twenty. Can you? Oh, and I, I'm thinking I just answered that for this person. I'll go. I'll come over and I'll say, Hey, could you explain number twenty to them? And they'll go, Yeah. And one of the best things that happens in that experience is that this person here, uh, you know, as they, as they go to explain it, do you think they remember it even better and learn it even better? Absolutely. It's important to teach the Word of God. Uh, it can be done in a, in a more formal setting. I think every Christian should at some point in your Christian life teach children's church. But I don't know how to... Oh, they're kids. (laughs) You'd be amazed at things that you learn. I I can remember things that I I taught... I had to teach in some children's church, you know, when I was growing up and and helping with that. I can remember things that I taught in children's church that have always stuck with me. I don't know if the kids remembered it, but I did. I can remember passages of Scripture I was trying to help them memorize that I memorized because of it. It's a great place to, to share those stories because you've got to think about the story. You've got to share those stories, those Bible stories with them, missionary stories with them. I think everybody should at some point venture into the teaching of children's church. It's a good thing to do. It's obedient to God. Finally, word number five. We don't want to leave this one out. Apply. Read it. Get to know it. Learn it. Be a lifelong learner of the Word of God. Start having it come out your mouth at that point. As you're learning, things are coming. You don't have to get all the way. You don't have to learn everything before you start saying things. Just the things that you've learned. Start sharing those things that you've learned. Right? Being obedient to God to teach. But then number five, apply. James 1, 22-25 says this, "...but be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. I mean, you wake up in the morning and, 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 and you go over to the mirror and you look at yourself in the mirror and you've got bed head and a blemish right here and, you know, who knows what else, you know, something stuck to the side of your face. You, oh my goodness, I don't want the world to see me looking like this. If you walk away from the mirror and you don't do anything about it, have you actually changed in appearance? No, you still look the same. You're still the same. But you, you may forget. You forget that you're looking that way. Now you may see some people looking at you going, oh, right? But see, maybe spiritually you have some people doing that to you right now. Man, what a jerk. Man, what a grouch. What's, what's going on? Maybe you, maybe you were sitting in church one day and, and, and you were hearing, or maybe you were reading the Word of God and, and God said, you need to work on that. That's an area of sin in your life. You need to work on it. Oh, yeah, I do. And you walk out and you don't do anything about it. You've deceived yourself because you haven't changed. And James's remedy for that is do what you hear. Right? You hear it, then go do it. I heard it, and I need to go do it. It's not good enough to just acquire knowledge. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Or how about Jesus himself who says this? Uh, Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, he says this, Everyone there then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Notice, we've all heard this story, the, the wise man, the foolish man, the house on the rock, the house on the sand. But notice, what is Jesus saying is the wise man? Is the wise man the one that just hears Jesus? Is the wise man the one that goes to church? No, the wise man is the one who hears and does. He's the one that builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall because it had been founded on that rock. Some of us wonder why we, 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 our lives, the, the, something bad happens and we just we crumble to pieces. I wonder why. Why can't I stand? You're doing pretty good until the, the hard times come and you fall apart. Why? It might be this right here. Maybe you've been hearing God's word, but you haven't been putting it into practice. The wise man is the one who hears and does. They are like a wise man who builds their house on the rock. The foolish person has heard it, but hasn't been doing it. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, right? will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Alright? Or how about this one in the book of Luke? Luke eight twenty one. he says this, But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and what? Do it. Do it. Let me say this. Find one way to put what you read or hear into action this week. Sometimes you hear a bunch of things at church and you think, "Oh man, I got to do this. I got to, you know, I, I got a hundred things I need to fix. I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck." Say, Lord, help me to do one thing that you, you've taught me this week. Help me, help me to hear one thing that you have for me and help me to do that thing. Let's start right now. You could go home and make some 3 by 5 cards today before you forget. 
pick a passage of scripture, make a three by five card, write it out, stick it on your fridge, put it on the window right in front of you where you do the dishes, put it somewhere you'll see it, put it on the you know, dash of your car or something, I don't know, put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Do I have anybody in this room that would say, you know what, if, if I had that storybook, I would read it. Would you read it? Here you go. Cheers. Keep it. Put it into practice. I've got some more if you really, really want one. But put it into practice. Read it. You know, if there's anything you took from today, say, I don't remember all the words. Five words, I don't remember the word, but the first one, read it. When, when he said read it, I thought, man, I don't read it. Start reading it this week. Read the word. If I don't understand everything I'm reading, that's good. Just keep reading. And then come to church and you can ask all kinds of questions. I love questions. You can make a point to come to Wednesday night or, or a Bible study. You know, I'm not even concerned that it's an Edgewood Bible study. We've got some people that come from other, that go to other churches that go to some Bible studies with my wife. It's all good. All right? It's studying the Word of God with other Christians in this town. That's fine. Be a good Brian. Ask good questions. This isn't a competition with these other churches. All right? We're not trying to win against them. I want you to learn God's word. And if you, if you know somebody, hey, I got this guy in my neighborhood, they're, they're having a Bible study at their house, go to it. Get to learn the word of God with other people. Volunteer for Children's Church today. That's something you could do on the way out. I don't know, I don't know any Bible stories. That's okay, we'll, we'll teach you one. We'll teach you a Bible story, and then you can go teach it to some little kids. And they're just going to be happy because you're going to have crayons and stuff. Right? You can go back there and be silly. They'll just be, they'll just be happy. Kids are great. Brush your Bible off when you get home. Got a Bible at home? Get the dust off of it. Or maybe it's a previous message. Maybe there's something that you, you've heard in previous weeks. I need to do that. Maybe even right now. That's the amazing thing about the Spirit of God. You could be sitting there right now going, like, I don't even know what it is. But you're sitting there going, there's that thing he said the other day. I just know I need to be putting that into practice, and I haven't been. That's the Spirit of God working in your heart. Do what the Word of God says. Do what you learn. Sometimes I say, do what you know, but do what you learn. You learn something, just, you learn something today. If you learn anything at all, that whatever it was that you learned, do it. Go home. Make sure, don't forget. Don't let yourself forget to put it into practice. Just one thing. Starting this week, don't let another week go by that you haven't heard something from God and put it into practice. Now, here's the really important reason why that must happen. Because this isn't just about having a stable life and going to spiritual warfare and, you know, everything. There's, there's actually something bigger at stake here. Doing God's word is not just a sign that you've heard it and understood it. Doing God's word, putting it into practice, is a sign that you believe it. I want you to hear what Jesus says. I've often shared this verse here. It's, for me, it's one of the scariest passages in Scripture. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus, Jesus speaking. The same Jesus that people love to go, oh, I love that Jesus. Listen to what he says. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But who? But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You could be baptized and not go to heaven. You come to church your whole life and not go to heaven. But, but I believe. How do you know? Can you see your faith? How do you see faith? Isn't it by what you do? That's how you see faith. See, there's something bigger at stake. There's a lot of people who say, well, I have faith in Jesus, but they're not doing what Jesus says. That's not faith. You're not, believe, you're not trusting in God. Jesus himself says, why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? On that day, many will say to me, on that day, that, that day, there's going to be a day in your future. On that day, many, many, not a few, a lot, will say to me, Lord, Lord, did, did we prophesy in your name? And, and, and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Scary, isn't it? It's important to take God's word seriously and to put into practice what you read and get to know, start to learn, start to talk about. It's all pointless unless you're actually living all these things that you're hearing. And there's a real possibility that you could think that you're totally fine and be amongst one of these many that say, didn't we, Lord, didn't we, Lord? Did we call out to you? And he'll say, I never knew you. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today to our Heavenly Father. Lord, we're Lord, we recognize that there's a, a heavy responsibility to, to take these words seriously. And I know if that's left up to me, I'll fail miserably. So Lord, I want to ask today, as I've asked several times this morning. Lord, I want to ask in the name of Jesus, who came to this earth and, and lived a righteous life for us. And and suffered for our sins so that He might make us alive in Him. I want to ask in that same Jesus who was raised from the grave, the same Spirit that rose Him, Lord, I want to ask for that Spirit today to do what we've heard. Lord, I know that 90% of what I've shared today 
everybody in this room already knew. That's not the issue. Lord, we need your spirit to come into us and revive us, to make us alive. Lord, we're depending on you entirely to work in us that we might follow you and not be deceived. Lord, I pray now for your spirit. God, I ask that everyone in this room today be impacted by your spirit and you would pour your spirit out in a special way. And that no one would leave without that spirit of God in them. Father, I pray that you would today, for those who want to fight against that same spirit, Lord, I pray that they would know that that's a fight they can't win, Lord. They can't win against your powerful spirit. Lord, I pray that they would say, all right, Lord, I'm yours. Work in me. I'm yours from this day forward. Never again do I want to live for myself. I want to live for you. You're worth it. You're worthy of my life. I'm just grateful because I know I don't deserve your love. Lord, I pray that your spirit today would be poured into us that we might have that level of understanding. Lord, I pray that we would see this week success. Not success how the world measures it, Lord, but success how you measure it, Lord. Humble servants, messed up, but humbly seeking to follow you. Lord, I pray that you do that in us today. In Jesus' name I pray.